0: Monday blessings to you, and welcome to this first broadcast as every day, Monday through Friday at noon, we're going to be walking through the book of Ruth. With everything going on in the world today, I felt it would just be really important for us to be able to stop, take a moment out of our day just for about 10 minutes, whether at the dinner table at home or around the lunch table at work with co-workers, with friends, may we stop, pause, glean, and feed on God's word and recast our confidence in Christ. Uh, Welcome Heritage family, brothers and sisters in Christ here in Lynchburg or around the world and also friends who maybe have been invited by one of our Heritage members or maybe you just stumbled upon this recording. You are most welcome. Let's open in a word of prayer and then let's get into God's word. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Show us yourself and I pray that all of us would find comfort in who you are and that those who do not know you yet would come to a joy and a confidence of the salvation that can exist in Jesus Christ. We ask your blessing on this day, and in Jesus' name, amen. The book of Ruth. How do we understand this beautiful, majestic, short story that is in the Old Testament? Well, it comes right after the book of Judges, and we need to understand that because historically it is significant. The book of Judges... Uh, really chronicles Israel's early days as a tribal nation before there were any kings. It was a period of violence and lawlessness, godlessness, and godly people were hard to find. And coming out of the book of Judges where it seems you just want to despair, it's so dark. And then you come into the book of Ruth and you have this beautiful short story of people who fear God and who love him. The book of Ruth then ends on this note introducing us to the fact that Boaz and Ruth, the main characters of the book of Ruth, are in fact the great grandparents of David. David who would become the second monarch of Israel and the man after God's own heart and really the greatest regent that Israel had ever known and one of the greatest regents in Middle Eastern history. So there is great chronological significance to Ruth but it's also a short story that details God's providence and His kindness as it affects individual lives. And oh, how we need to be reminded of God's character in these times around us and the world around us. God's providence, He's in control, but also His kindness, His character, His goodness. Let's open Ruth chapter 1 and let's get into the story. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. And a man of Bethlehem in Judea went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Chilion. They were Epaphrathites from Bethlehem in Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives. The name of one was Orpah, and the name of the other, Ruth. They lived there about ten years, and both Melon and Chilion died, so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. This is a pretty, really sad story and tragic beginning uh, to our story. This woman, her name was Naomi. Her and her family traveled to Moab to escape a famine. Now, let's understand this, that the judges, again, a period, period of great godlessness and a famine comes. Now, we're not told if this is a judgment of God. I don't think we should try and speculate to that end because the Bible doesn't tell us. What we do know is that they lived in Bethlehem, which bait, house, lechem bread. Bethlehem means house of bread. So they live right here's my high-tech illustration but Bethlehem is right here in the Judean countryside. They live here and they are going to cross probably down by Jericho just north of the sea or the Dead Sea, cross over into the foothills of Moab and Moab is this ridge that exists right over here and sometimes when there was famine here there was rain here and vice versa just the way that the rain patterns fell. So Elimelech uh, escapes Bethlehem in order to find provisions for his family because a famine is severe. We need to understand that a famine in ancient times meant no rain, no food, disease was prevalent, death rates were going to be high. So he's looking for a better place for his family. Elimelech means uh, God is king. And it's interesting that Elimelech's name, God is king, uh, really leads us then into, and the first two, the, the name that begins the book of Ruth, God is King, and the name that ends the book of Ruth, David, is in fact going to become the archetypal King, the King who through whom would come the ultimate King, Jesus Himself. So we're actually looking not only at the lineage of King David, we're actually looking at the lineage of what would eventually come, the Messiah, Jesus Himself. Now as we get into this story, we find that tragedy strikes early on. Naomi went with uh, her husband and her two sons, and her two sons took Moabites for wives. Now elsewhere in the Old Testament, Israelites were commanded to not take Gentile wives because they would get caught up in their gods and and their, their faith and understanding of God would become diluted. And some have said, well, maybe this is judgment for them taking Gentile wives. Again, probably wouldn't be beneficial to speculate on that because there are other times in the Old Testament Where the people of God, men of God, took Gentile wives and they weren't condemned for it because their wives followed the God of Israel. And Ruth and Orpah, these wives, were shown to be exemplary women. And especially Ruth, even following God with her whole heart. Now let's get back into the story. Because as they come into Moab, uh, we see that Elimelech dies. We're not told how, but he dies. This is going to be grievous upon naomi of course any one of you who've lost a loved one especially a spouse knows the aching pain and that void of one with whom you've walked for so long and if that's you please know that there is hope and comfort in the god of peace then you might understand even to a degree what naomi was going through but sometime later she also loses her sons. both of her sons die so now her husband and her boys the Hebrew actually intensifies the grief and showing us the grief that she, was, uh, that she experienced because it says that she was left with her two sons. They took wives um, and then Malon and Chilean died so that the woman was left without her two sons. That's the last verse, verse 5. In the Hebrew, the word that is used for sons is this word that has um, really the connotation of, of my boys. It's the word the Yeladim, it's not usually used for married men. It's used of children. So the Hebrew is intensifying the grief, helping us experience that Naomi has lost not just two sons. She lost her boys. She lost her children. And if you've lost a child, then grief doesn't even begin. The words don't even begin to describe that grief. This woman who has gone through political instability through the period of the judges, economic and social instability because of the famine. They've been displaced and moved to Moab as refugees. She's a widow who's lost her husband, and now she's lost her two boys. (laughs) This is a tragedy, a tragic beginning to this story. Do we feel her grief and her sense perhaps of desperation? And I would like to point out that by the Bible, the Christian faith, that the God of the Bible, does in no way pretend that pain and suffering won't happen. Really, this first chapter and this opening reminds us that death and pain and suffering are a part of the human existence. Because sin entered the world, though God created a perfect world, through man's disobedience, sin entered the world, and that world was corrupted. Now, God could have started over at the beginning, right at the beginning, but he was chosen to be patient and to be with his people. Why? So that he could show to this sinful fallen world his graces and his goodness. There will be a time he erases all pain and suffering, but for right now, his promise is that he will be with us through it. I cannot give every explanation why God does allow pain and suffering to exist and why it happens at times to us. Or even why we're going through the coronavirus right now. I would not presume to, to know God's sovereign purposes. But I can tell you this with absolute certainty. That God is unfailingly good. And that God is unfailingly just. And though we don't always understand his purposes. Because I know his character. I know that whatever he is doing. It is for something that is good. Something that is even lovely beyond what I can understand. My children don't always understand the reason why I work the way that I do. Sometimes they just have to trust me and know that I'm their daddy and that I love them. And sometimes we just need to be reminded and trust in God and our char- in his character. And the pain and suffering has come to Naomi. And he is going to bring loveliness out of the ashes. He's going to bring provision and kindness through his providence, even out of the heartache that she is going through. And we need to be reminded that God is likewise with us. Jesus in John chapter 14, 15, and 16 promises that the Holy Spirit will be with us. The helper, the paraclete, the one who is called alongside to help us through each day. One of my challenges to you is is to every single day seek help from God, from his Holy Spirit who is with us. And though we may go through griefs and instability like Naomi is going through and like Ruth is going through, we can know there's a God behind the scenes. Even when tragedy strikes, it's not the end. Even when grief and instability happens, it's not the end. We may not be able to see the whole story, but we can take strength from stories that have already been written, that even though we can't see at the time, God is writing a a beautiful story that will end for His glory and for our good. Believer, brother and sister in Christ, put your hope and confidence in the Lord, even when tragedy and hardship comes. Friend, if you are here and you don't have that type of confidence, reach out to me. Reach out to one of your friends uh, who knows Jesus. and Let them show you from God's word how you can have confidence during these unstable and insecure times. Our God never changes. Let's pray. Father, sometimes grief strikes, sometimes tragedy strikes, but help us to trust in the God that is writing the story. Help us to trust that even when we can't see what you're doing, that you are working, just like you worked in Naomi's life and in Ruth's life. I pray that you would help us to see your work in our life and that your providence and your goodness and your kindness can touch even our hearts and in our circumstances wherever we're at. May you be exalted today and through the rest of the day and through my brothers and sisters and our friends. I pray that you would show them yourself and in Jesus' name. Amen. See you tomorrow as we take the next step in our journey through the book of Ruth.